listening to the Online Empire Academy podcast, where you'll discover some of the best and most creative ways to provide for your family and get started on your journey to entrepreneurship. No crazy get-rich-quick schemes. No living in a van down by the river with your family while you build your business. If you want real, actionable, and proven entrepreneur ideas that you can use right now, join us for free at theonlineempireacademy.com. Now, get ready for the Online Empire Academy podcast. What's up, Online Empire Academy? Joshua Woodward here. Today we have on Mike Haddad, and he is, he's got this crazy idea and has developed this crazy business that uh, a lot of us have probably thought about doing, but haven't taken it to the next step. But first, I want Mike to just kind of talk us through his story and how he got started. So, Mike, how are you doing? Hey, Joshua. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Will you share kind of your, your background and your story and how you got started in the, the e-commerce world? Sure. I was, um, I was in the application software business for about 20 years and, um, you know, kind of, kind of had an opportunity to, um, look into doing some things on my own. The software company I was with was, uh, was closing down and I really didn't have a, a lot of passion for going to get another job. Um, I found, I found out about uh, this this concept of selling things on eBay for other people, and um, bought into a franchise network called I sold I sold it on eBay, um, and uh, that's that's how it, that's how it all started. I had never sold anything on eBay in my life, but had um, you know after a lot of research, thought it really was you know set up to fill an unmet need with people who just had a lot of stuff, people, businesses, fundraisers, and didn't really want to, didn't really want to tangle with uh, online selling themselves. And uh, we've been here for about 10 years now and uh, stayed busy. I love it. See, and, and some of you may have, have heard of I Sold It, but one of the things Mike's done is he's gone and, and made it his own. You know, be, being a part of franchise, obviously, you, you, you know, you have the pieces that they hand you, but then you've got to develop and, and structure it the way that, that you best see it fit. So first off, will you explain the idea and philosophy of I Sold It? Sure. It's, you know, one of the taglines is the easy way to sell online. So the, the whole, I guess, you know, premise behind the business model is we take the time that you don't want to take as an owner of the products. Um, we hopefully, if we're doing our jobs right, get you more money for the items than you get yourself because we have the expertise to know how to sell online. And thirdly, we will uh, reduce a lot of the risk and that risk is is really been increasing over the years in terms of online fraud, um, dealing with post sale issues, and uh, shipping to other countries, and so on. So, so we're there to save you time, get you more money, and reduce your risk. And um, and that's the whole premise behind it. It's uh, an easy, you know, the seller just basically, you know, brings their items, and then they can sit back. And they get an email with a link to the posting. They can sit back and uh, keep an eye on their items online. It's a very visible process. And um, when we use the auction format, a lot of our sellers really enjoy watching the bidding activity and uh, right up to the last second of the bid. 
So how does this work? Uh, I'm a huge eBay fan, but Amazon is such a massive marketplace. How have you found that Amazon has affected your business and people wanting to sell on that pl- platform rather than eBay? Well, you know, it's it's interesting, Josh. The um, we have actually broadened our uh, marketplaces, and uh, we, we consider ourselves really e-commerce experts. Huh. Uh, we do a lot on eBay, but we also do quite a bit on Amazon. Um, you know, the idea is we'd like to put the item that someone brings us uh, in the best on the best platform possible, and uh, so that it's uh, uh, sells for the highest. Uh, Amazon is also a great marketplace. It's a different marketplace. It's, you know, as you know, it's fixed price. There's no auctions. Uh, but sometimes we get these, you know, in-box electronics or new in-box cameras into the store, and we might decide, you know what, this might get a little bit more money on Amazon, and we're we're, we're glad to do that. So we also have a uh, professional seller's account set up with Amazon. Very cool. So how does uh, this is one of the things I've I've done this for a while. Uh, with with posting on Craigslist. I'll post on Craigslist, hey, uh, you don't have to have a garage sale. Come sell your stuff to me. The problem with that is I get a lot of junk and you know I, I, I have to kind of sort through and a lot of people are bummed because I, I can't grab everything. But what I do is I have a truck. So I'll just fill up the back of my truck with all of their stuff and you know, kind of pay my flat fee and then work from there. But it sounds like this model, you're getting a little bit more high quality stuff. How does this work? Do people get in contact with you? Do you get in contact with them? How, how do you reach out to people? Well, um, we're here in uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. We have about 1,800 square feet uh, front counters with, uh, with, with three uh, computers for, to doing uh, research when people bring items in. So we are um, advertising and promoting the business to try to get people to come to us and they bring things in. Usually they'll call first or they'll get on the website to see how things work. And sure. A lot of times when they first bring things in, uh, they may have some things that are more garage sale type types of things. Uh, We're generally glad to do the work on anything that we think can get more than $50. We have a $50 value minimum we actually have a hundred dollar value minimum for large items. So if you bring bring us a bicycle, you know we're looking for bikes that would sell for a hundred dollars and up. And the first time people bring in, load their car up, and bring things in, you know we might be gently turning down uh, a percentage of their items. But once they kind of understand how the process works and what kinds of things do well on eBay, the next time they come, uh, oftentimes we're accepting a higher and higher percentage of their items. Hmm. I, I love the model. I love the idea because it's instead of you going out to, to thrift stores or you going out to, you know, all these different places, garage sales, you now have the garage sales coming to you. You have these, these people reaching out to you. Why, why is there a, help me understand that the $50 minimum. Well, what we learned and um, when we opened the store up, 10 years ago, our minimum was $30. And then we raised it to 40 and we raised it to 50 and we've kind of held there. But what we've learned is that um, there's a fair amount of work that goes into really doing a good professional job at getting items posted online. It's, you know, the research, the ph- photography, writing up the ad copy. It's dealing with questions from buyers as they come in, hmm. collecting the payment, packing and shipping. 
And for us, um, it's, it's generally not worth it for us to invest that amount of time into an item that would sell at a low level. Hmm. Uh, and also the seller doesn't get much money out of it either. So the $50 and up, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure we make a lot of money on a $50 sale, but it, it seems to be a, you know, a decent value minimum that works for both us and the sellers. If you don't mind me asking, what is the percentage you're usually taking on that? Um, we would take 35% of the amounts up to $400. Okay. And then uh, for higher value items, the percentage drops to 25%. And then for super high end items, uh, we added about four years ago a 15% category for things that sell for over $4,000. Okay. So we've tried to incent people to think of um, these online e commerce marketplaces places like eBay is not just, you know, a place to sell your iPhone or your, or your, you know, hundred dollar collectible, but also can be, you know, an outstanding international market for very high end things. Mm -hmm. So we get those in every month. That's interesting. One of the questions I had when I was kind of looking through all your stuff is uh, the marketplace I've been so scared to get into is art just with the authenticating process and all of that. Have you guys done any of that processing? Um, yeah, we do. We do a fair amount of art. Um, we, we had, um, you know, with, as you know, eBay is a very brand oriented marketplace and, and the brand, um, on art is the artist. If an artist's pieces are set up in a secondary marketplace like eBay and are buying and selling well, then we're glad to do it. We usually, you know, we'll get the certificate of authenticity, the COA, to go along with the piece. Um, and if we don't, in the absence of that, we'll do our own research to determine whether we think it's authentic. Hmm. So, you know, that leads us to original pieces that can do well, as well as limited edition, signed limited edition prints that can also hmm. do well. We had a couple of, um, couple of uh, Native American uh, statues in December that sold, one sold for $14,000 and one wow. sold for $6,000. They were, I think the buyer paid almost a thousand dollars to have them freighted down to Texas. Oh my gosh. And uh, so high end art can, can do very well. And there's collectors out there, you know, looking for, looking for deals. That's so interesting. What, what's the most, what's the craziest thing you've ever sold on eBay? Well, I, you know, I always think about this set of four cemetery plots that, that we <laughs> sold once uh, because it's not something that you would ever think, could be sold online, but um, but it uh, you know it was, it was a it was a family that that, that decided you know that they weren't going to use them, and oh, uh, so we got the certificates in the store, posted some nice you know pictures from the online <laughs> website for the got the certificates and, uh, and and got these cemetery plots sold. We um, another what I consider to be a kind of an unusual item was we got a, a very rare porcelain chess set from a company, uh, a maker that was only around during World War II in Germany wow. called Alec, and they mostly made animal figurines. I think they made five or six chess sets ever, and one of them walked in our store, um, and we used a, a $10 start price auction on eBay, and it sold for about $18,000 and shipped to, shipped to a, a buyer in Spain. Wow. Oh my goodness. And I, I love, I love that you guys are taking advantage of the global market. 
I think that that's sometimes as we get started, some of the younger eBay sellers forget that this is a global marketplace. It's not just a, you know, the United States. One of the questions that I had is when I was working with a bigger eBay team, we had people uh, designated to specific areas and it took a team to do this. What does your team look like to handle such a big business? Well, um, we have dozen people total and um, we're probably selling, you know, in the, in the order of five to 700 items a month. Um, and I will tell you that on the international scale, the first year or two in business, we chose not to uh, not to ship internationally. It definitely is a different animal, and there's um, there's a learning curve to do that. But then, you know, like you said, the the eBay is a global marketplace, and the idea of giving up potential buyers in a worldwide marketplace. Um, just didn't sit well with us after a couple of years. So we invested the time to learn how to how to uh, ship internationally. Uh, eBay has made that easier over the years. Uh, the shipper that we use for it, which happens to be USPS, has made it easier. And uh, you know we have some rules and and uh, and our own little set of regulations that we post to every eBay posting regarding for international buyers. But um, but it's it's worked out well, and, uh, and a lot of times those end up being some of our highest selling items, or the or the where the winning bidders are, are overseas. Man, the, what are, what are some of the items that you're seeing coming in most? Is there a, a specific niche that you're seeing people are starting to sell more? Well, it tends to be uh, two different types of things. I mean, one is kind of the um, I don't want to say mundane, but kind of the bread and butter items that people turn over all the time. So, cause they get the next and latest version. Hmm. So it's smartphones, it's computers, it's cameras, it's tablets, things like that. It's always a very, you know, robust resale marketplace for those kinds of things. And then the other type of thing is more specialty kinds of items, um, collectibles, uh, designer handbags are one of our best categories because they're so darn expensive new. Uh, and, you know, we have probably four or five sellers who go out and buy new designer handbags with the idea in mind that they're going to use it for six months or a year and then come here and sell it. Wow. So to them, they're almost, they're almost renting the handbag. So we get, you know, these great, these great pieces from Louis Vuitton and Chanel and Hermes and other, other brands. Um, what else? Uh, musical instruments tend to be a, a very good category on eBay. Uh, watches and jewelry can do well, and um, uh, there's a lot of online buyers for those because the shipping's very inexpensive on on uh, yeah. on light items. <laughs> um, some sports equipment can do very well. There's things that that sellers would rather not ship themselves. So yeah. if you were to sell a bicycle. You know, if you were to think about selling a bicycle, you might think, well, gosh, how am I going to get this to a, a guy in California? And that bike might come to us just because of, you know, the the, the barrier to doing that. And we yeah. ship bicycles all the time. Huh. 
that's uh, me and my dad started uh, for the listeners you know this but uh we started a a bicycle company restoring vintage schwins and so the learning curve of my dad knew how to pack bike boxes but that was something so new to me and so you know i, I there's some logistics with that one question you said musical instruments how in the world do you ship a guitar that is such a like a a, a hard one for me, and I I I, I need help. <laughs> well, we um, we buy some pretty expensive guitar boxes mm. from our box supplier, uh, and uh, you know you we loosen the strings up. Um, we love it when they come in in their own hard case because we know that they'll they'll uh, they'll ship a little bit safer. But if there is no hard case, if it's just a a gig bag, for example, or or no case at all. We'll just get it packed up real well in bubble wrap and um, make sure there's plenty of packing paper around the bubble wrap and, and ship it on out. Loosen those strings though, because uh, there's a lot of tension on the strings and you want to, you want to, uh, you don't want that, you know, traveling, traveling through the, uh, the shipper's network. That's, that's good to know. The only other, the only other thing that I was afraid of is, uh, where I live is really hot. And so sometimes wood will obviously warp based on where you're at. And so I'm thinking, you know, if it's coming from 115 degrees and then going on an airplane somewhere, the temperature difference quite different. Have you ever had problems with, uh, whether it's a, a musical instrument or, or anything breaking or cracking, um, on the way over? Well, um, I can't think of a situation where we had issues with with um, with heat related damage, but but yeah, every once in a while items do get busted up in shipping. And really, that's another that's another reason why I think you know sellers bring us things because when an item gets broken in shipping, our seller will never even hear about it. Hmm. So then we're gonna you know deal with the shipper and the insurance claim and, and doing all that. Uh, and the fact of the matter is the shippers are pretty rough on items. We tend to overpack things because we absolutely hate doing insurance claims. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but even with that, there's going to be the occasional breakage. And um, then we've got to go through the process of, of recovering the money. How do you respond? Uh, like, what does your correspondence with the the buyer look like? Do you guys pack letters into your boxes? What do you do for them? Well, um, there's you know there's certain things built into the e-commerce marketplaces where they'll get you know these auto-generated messages and emails through the through the buying and payment process and the shipping process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will also make sure to put in a packing slip. We've also been including a, a little um, a half page size color sheet that thanks them, um, ask them to leave positive feedback if they're, if they're so inclined or to contact us if there's any issue. And we put my name on that and the store manager's name on that uh, just so we can, you know, potentially get those phone calls or direct messages in if there's any problems because it's the business is all about customer service. That was going to be my next question is, is, uh, do you say anything about feedback? Cause that's, it's kind of a gray area in my mind of like, do you ask for it or do you just kind of allow it to happen? Um, and so it sounds like you guys, you guys will say something about feedback. Yeah. And we try to be, um, not too overtly blatant about, you know, you know, we need your feedback or please leave <laughs> us positive feedback. 
But uh, so, so the wording is a little bit subtle, but in part we do it as just a reminder to, to leave feedback. And um, we get about, we get feedback for about half of our transactions, which I, which I think is fairly good. Some people choose not to leave feedback. Yeah. And I mean, it's 700 items. That's, that's pretty good. That's a lot of feedback. Yeah. When we opened the store 10 years ago, we started with, uh, with zero feedback on eBay <laughs> and now we're, now we're approaching uh, 34,000. So. Wow. That is, that is quite a bit. What is, what is the, the one thing that you're looking forward to uh, in this year? What, what are some of the things that you guys are pushing into that you're excited about? Um, well, a couple of different things. It's, um, you know, we've, we've got some, we've got some buyback programs that, uh, that are going on now for things that don't lend themselves to the e-consignment model. Hmm. So we are now buying, uh, video games for the popular game systems, uh, DVD and Blu-ray movies, recent edition textbooks. And we tend to use uh, Amazon as a sales channel for those. Mm. We're also uh, just starting a gift card buyback program. Um, Based on our research, we're seeing that there's a lot of people that get get gift cards and would, and you know, would rather not use them would rather get the cash instead. So um, we're piloting a program with a partner that is kind of like a, kind of like an eBay for gift cards. And we're hoping to roll that out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's just another reason for people to come into the store. And with all these things, um, you know, we started a, an automobile listing service a few years back. With all these things, once we get, you know, once someone comes in for one thing, you know, they tend to develop into customers for our core business too. Uh-huh. Man, I, I love it. I think that's so interesting. It's it's got my gears turning. For for the new sellers who are going out to garage sales every weekend, who are going to thrift stores, what would you suggest to them? Um, really, just you know, if you're going to use eBay or Amazon, just focus on the brand. Hmm. They are both very brand oriented. Um, there are some sites out there like Etsy that have cropped up for more of the, the handmade or the no-name things. You know, we choose not to deal in that, in that type of market. But just keep in mind that you know, eBay has 80 or 90, 90 million items on it at any given time. People don't buy the items on browsing through hundreds or thousands of pictures. They are putting in a, a keyword, which usually involves that brand name, uh, and, and, and that's how they're finding the item. They've already decided to buy that kind of an item. And they're just looking to see if they can find it on a place like like eBay. And also, uh, just to be very careful about about condition, um, you get electronics from a garage sale or, or, or a flea market. You know, you, you take your own risk of, of making the purchase and then and then testing them out or you have to sell them as is and, and take a lower amount of money. But condition is key. And if you're going to deal in the collectibles market, it is, it is all about condition. I mean, a. Uh, Excellent versus good condition can, you know, make a difference of a multiple of, of two or three on the sale price. Wow. Wow. Well, so much good information in here. You've got my gears turning. Thank you so much for, for coming on. What's the best place for people to find you? Well, um, they're welcome to call us. We're at um, 301-990-2040. 
that's in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And we've actually got people that ship us things from around the country as well that uh, don't have one of these stores in their, in their marketplace. Um, the website's got a lot of great information. That's isoldmd.com. So it's www.isoldmd. So it's I sold it, then the initials for Maryland.com. Very cool. Well, again, thank you for coming on. I've, I've so enjoyed it. Thank you, Joshua. Thanks for having me. Until next time, Empire, have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Online Empire Academy podcast. If you want real, actionable, and proven entrepreneur ideas that you can use right now, join us for free at theonlineempireacademy.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, help us make more by rating us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We'll see you next time.